Today on Locked On Red Wings, we go over the Derek Lalonde introductory press conference, as well as reminisce a little bit on Pavel Datsuk as he retires from professional hockey. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am, well, actually, I do have news on that front. I can't say I'm a producer at 97 on the ticket anymore. Um, I have accepted a job with WWJ News Radio. I'm going to be an associate podcast producer for them, full-time Woo. gig in radio. Been working Congrats, on that. Congrats, buddy. So uh, I guess that Twitter handle is going to be changing soon. But right now, it's still at <laughs> Brian Fisher 971. Um, but yeah, podcast producer for WWJ News Radio. I like saying that. Mm -hmm. uh scotty is a freelance journalist for the detroit news as well as uh a host for the locked on tigers who just swept the cleveland guardians and a what a double header sweep as well swept them in a day yeah we play again today oh there's one more game on uh tuesday here yeah but series win series win cleveland who's second in the division yeah also i i i'm realizing now that because we recorded one early and then Friday and everything, this is the first time people are hearing my voice not be terrible for the first sound time in like a week. Great so. now, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm chilling. We're we're all we're all chilling, <laughs> chilling, feeling great. Negative like and everything. Yeah, two days. Ne- <laughs> negative on on those fronts now. So and you got you got we're you kind of got screwed too because we recorded with Sam on Thursday. And then I went over and I was eating dinner with Allison and then the news broke that they were hiring Lalonde. And it's like, okay, I text you. I'm like, Scotty, we got to go again, dude. <laughs> so like at, at the worst peak of your voice, we yeah. had to record two episodes. And I mean, credit to you, man. You, you toughed it out. That was pretty incredible. You know, big time players make big time plays. A grind. He's a grinder. <laughs> that's for sure. But on today's episode, guys, uh, we're going to be talking to you uh, about the Derek Lalonde introductory press conference. He said some interesting things. I like what I I like what I heard from him. Uh, And then segment three, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, reports out of Russia saying Pavel Datsuk is retiring from professional hockey here. He's like 49 years old at this point. So not really surprised. He's he had a long career in the NHL slash KHL successful career. It's going to go down as a, you know, all time great for the Red Wings. Probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, given his resume, when he is finally eligible in, what, like five years after. But we'll get to that in segment three. Starting off here, Scotty, we're talking about Derek Lalonde. Um, He spoke with the media for like two hours in that introductory press conference, an hour and a half, two hours. He, Steve Eiserman, and owner Chris Illich all spoke. And to be honest, I really liked what I ha- what I heard from Derek Lalonde. And the first thing that really stood out to me about Derek Lalonde, and again, it's Lalonde, not Lalonde, as I think everyone found out during the introductory press conference, um, is how calculated of a speaker he is. You know, he doesn't he doesn't him and he doesn't haw. He doesn't speak until he knows the answer he's going to give. And he doesn't have like those weird, you know, we still have those vocal pauses. And this is like kind of, I'm not like trying to nitpick or anything, but when you're the head coach and your job is to communicate with your players and your ability to give concise answers and get from point A to point B without, you know, um, uh, like, you know, kind of like we do on the podcast sometimes is very important. And I really like that out of Derek Lalone because it shows that he's going to be a very good communicator in that locker room. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just, I, I mean, all we have to go on is a presser and like, he killed the presser. So like, okay. there you, go, you know what I mean? So like when we only have one thing to go off of and he does really well and it like, yeah, that that's great. And obviously you can be very well-spoken and be a terrible coach. You can be terribly well-spoken and be a great head coach. Like, you know, but if we're going to based on what we have, like he, he absolutely did well. He said all the right things. Um, and, and I also think that, like you said, just the, the, the way he talks and, and you said it a little bit earlier already too, like just, uh, uh, seems like a player's coach and that's obviously going to go a long way and, and is super nice to hear. And we have all these former players coming out and, and talking about uh, how, how much of a player's coach he is and how much they love playing for him and, and everything. So it's, it's, it's all great. And I, there was a lot of interesting questions that, that he answered as well. And uh, I, I just think he, he did really well and it's uh, it's, very difficult in, in my eyes to be like disappointed so far yeah. and well, uh, in the higher a and and b in in the presser yeah like honest to god like there's no there's no way for us to make a conclusion right now on the type of coach he's going to be he hasn't been a head coach at the nhl level yet but i like the choice eiserman made based on everything we've heard and have heard him say and i completely agree with you scotty and he I mean he said pretty much himself during the introductory press conference, that he is very much going to be a player's coach. And there has been players coaches in many, every league that have failed and succeeded. So that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to knock it out of the ballpark. But I think that if you want your players respect, you have to like be able to have healthy relationships with those players. And now every player, you know, responds differently to different types of coaching. But I like the fact that when they asked him, like, what is the first thing you're going to do with this team? He's like, first thing I want to do is reach out to literally everyone. And you know, every player and ask them and talk to them, get to know them as players, let them know, like, you know, this, you know, I'm here to take this team to the next level. And then he also did an interview with Ken Cal later too, where he said mm-hmm. that uh, he wanted to talk with Dylan Larkin the moment he got to little Caesars arena, but Dylan Larkin was on a family trip. He's like, as he should, it's the off season. So he should be taking time off. And it's just like, every time he opens his mouth, like he just, he checks a box off for me, you know, like this is a, this, he seems like a guy who gets it, you know, he understands that, I guess the thing that sticks in my mind about it is that he understands the players are people too. And that is, if you want players respects, treating them like people is a huge step towards that. Cause there are a lot of coaches out there who will, and you know, Scotty Bowman was kind of one of those coaches who was kind of like, I'll be your best friend after we win a championship until yep. then you do what I say. And it worked for him. Right. It worked great for him in the era he coached it. But there are different players respond to different ways. And Derek Lalonde is very much more of a, like, uh, I want to get to know you on a personal level to get the most out of you. I want to find out what makes you tick, find out what I can say and do to get the best performance out of you. And I, I really like that, that he wants to know these players on a personal level, have personal relationships with him, because that's how you form a family. And it's like, this is my personal bias. I love these types of coaches. I really do. Because yeah. this is how you form that family atmosphere on any team that I've ever played on. And I didn't play any high level of hockey whatsoever. I played. You're on elite prospects. Okay. (laughs) Retired. Um, But the teams I've always loved playing for the most, and the teams that I've played on that had the most success were always teams where we felt like one unit, like we genuinely cared for one another and we genuinely cared for our coach. And, you know, not that that necessarily translates to the NHL level. I wouldn't know that, but it, that's where I would feel like this is the perfect hire is like, 
creating that atmosphere of atmosphere of players playing together. For sure. And, and there, I mean, there were, there were several moments uh, in, in the presser that I was pretty excited about. And uh, I, I think one of everybody's favorites was when he said he like stayed up late to watch Unrivaled. Like, that, was that was cool. That was cool. But um, no, I mean, it, and the, the uh, immediacy of the whole thing, like how quickly he was like, yeah, like we, we, the cup ended and then it like pretty much happened like that's you know I, I started contact at least like that's that's I mean awesome that works for me I, I, you know what I mean like just having a, a guy that that Steve wants so bad makes me want him so bad <laughs> like that's having having that faith in Iserman um, and, and being a guy that that Steve has had circled and, and clearly was his top choice all along uh, very much is 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 cool to see, and and I'm glad we got him. I'm really pumped. I really like also the urgency in which Eiserman went after it. I know Lalonde was yeah. breaking down the timeline of how he just got no sleep during the Stanley Cup Finals. He's like, at no, he's like, there have been moments that have crept in my mind over the years of like, oh, I could be a head coach at some point, you know. But he like he was always focused on the job at hand, especially when you're doing, you know, you're in the Stanley Cup Final. You can't think about after this, I could be getting a Stanley Cup Final offer. He said. He finally thought he was going to get some sleep. And then he said, Iserman texted him and said, sorry to do this so soon after the final, but I need to talk to you. Like just immediately. And I, I really appreciate that urgency because then this goes to Iserman now, but Iserman expressed when he, when he decided not to pick up the option on Jeff Blaschel, that he wanted to have ideally a coach in place before the draft. And if this is the guy he had always had circled, like you said, it would make sense that he follows through on what he, and this is why it's so crucial. Eiserman said he was going to do this, and he did it. He said, I want to get a coach in place before the draft. And then with a sense of urgency and with respect to, like, I'm sorry I have to do this, like, right after, like, you're finally getting a break, but I need to talk to you. Like, I want you to be in Detroit. That just – I just chef's kiss, man. Yeah. There's something about the way that and it all has come together that I love. Yeah, and, and, and he said, you know, he, he doesn't – he wouldn't have taken this job if – he didn't see like a really bright future in Detroit with, you know, the prospects and the farm that exactly. we have and everything like it, it all, like we said, he just checked all the boxes. Just as built bar checks, all the boxes for your <laughs> nutrition needs from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at built have given coconut brownie chunk, the puffs treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk built bar, flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness, but stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to built.com to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part of Built Bar Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They are perfect treat, perfect when you're, you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick healthy snack. They are excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Go to Built.com. Order your box of coconut brownie chunk puffs right now. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. We're breaking down the Derek Lalonde 
introductory press conference uh, that he had over the weekend. Uh, before we get into that, I kind of I feel like I should mention if you're watching on YouTube, you can clearly tell I'm not in my normal environment. But if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, you probably notice I might sound a little bit different. It's because I'm on the road. Um, I am up north celebrating the 4th of July, just like most people are. So I brought my laptop with me and we're using my hashtag gamer headset. Grind don't uh, to stop. Record this. The grind don't stop. So even when we're gone. So that's why if I sound a little bit different. Neither of us are home. <laughs> neither of us are. Yeah. You're down both, south. Both, I'm up north. Both on the road. Yeah. I'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but you were smart and brought your whole setup with you. <laughs> I did not. I did. Well, I've been here for whatever, two weeks now. So yeah. Um there. so the other thing I wanted to to bring up, we can if there's anything more about the presser you want to talk about, that's we can, you know, go into that and circle back around too. But um the the biggest thing that biggest that's very dramatic one of the things that i also (laughs) wanted to talk about was um the article that was put out by the free press like within hours of of him i think the next day i think yeah the day after i think yeah of lalone getting hired on the the headline is Derek Lalone needs to show more urgency about making the playoffs. Yeah. And that actually is perfect because that is the one more point I wanted to bring up about the press conference. Yeah. It, that, that article, the tweet for the article got ratioed to heck. Like it's bad. Uh, Three retweets and 15 likes 60 quote tweets, uh, which is quite a lot and 103 replies. So, Definitely was not looked over very favorably. And that made me happy that the the thing that made me happy about it, I I don't ever uh, like enjoy seeing people's articles or work get like put through, you know, the ringer. But um, I I enjoyed the fact that because we talked about right after we hired him and, and I had brought up the fact that hey, I don't want people's expectations to be like, oh, Lalonde is here. I think that this is like a deep playoff contention team just overnight now. And and the fact that the entire fan base was like, hey, no, you're wrong. Like, no, <laughs> like we, we he doesn't have to have insane urgency about making the postseason. Like, that's not something he needs. That just like I, I I'm glad that Red Wings fans are. Like we're, it's just a, a intelligent fan base. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like everyone's just, on the same page. Yeah. I'm just glad that, that, that was universally agreed upon by literally the entire fan base. And, and I'm, I'm sad that it came at the expense of someone's like hard work, but I'm glad that, that the fan base was, uh, was, was all on the same train and all on board with like, Hey, no, that's not how this works. And, and, his success is not completely determined by whether he makes the playoffs or not year one. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, this obviously is probably rooted in the fact that they asked him about the playoffs and Derek Lillone said, this is a team that is still, he, I, I can't remember exactly how he said it. So I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, don't expect them to be in the playoffs this year. or Maybe not next year because this team is still not close because yeah. he's trying to, he, he, it was either here. Eisenman mentioned that they're trying to build a similar team like in Colorado or Tampa Bay to have that kind of success. And it doesn't happen overnight. And so and, and obviously sustained. And, yeah, that's like sustained the biggest thing that, that Steve's been saying it since literally the day he took over and now alone saying is saying it. And we've heard it a lot in, in the Pistons organization. We've heard it a lot in the Tigers organization. Like this, this is a, a, a you know, pe- people want 
sustain, not just like, oh, we're going to build and, and then go put all of our chips in for one or two years and then go into another rebuild again after. Like you want, you want longevity and you want long-term success. And that's what everyone in this organization has been preaching for a long time. So, Well, and then it's just also when he said that, I kind of immediately was like, I agree. But I know him saying that is going to ruffle some feathers somewhere because there is a certain amount of impatience among the fan base with some people. The majority of us, like you said, Scotty, are on the same page that especially in a game like hockey, it takes a long time to rebuild and rebuild. Right. And the team took a step forward this year, despite how they fell off at the end of the season. The team took a step forward this year, and I want them to take another type of step forward this next year. But the type of step forward we see this next year won't necessarily – they're probably not shooting for it because you don't want to end up in the middle ground. You know, we talked about that. I said the other day, I think, that, you know, being outside the top 10, I, I want to walk that back a little bit because if you get outside the top 10 and you con- consistently get stuck there, you're in purgatory. You're never good enough to make the playoffs, but you're never bad enough to get a lottery pick. What the kind of the kind of next step forward you want to see is exactly the kind of stuff that Lone mentioned in the press conference. You want to see, and he meant this is something we said we wanted out of Derek Lalonde, and he focused on it in the introductory press conference: is defense, defensive scheme, and special teams. Yes. He, those are the two things that he said that they really need to work on. Team defense as a whole has got to get better. I mean, obviously, they were almost historically bad in goals against per sixty this past season. Um, their special teams was amongst the worst in the league in both power play and penalty kill, if not the worst. So that's the type of step forward I need to see this year. I don't necessarily need to see them outside the top 10. It'd be great if they could maintain around 500 and maybe make a push for the playoffs. But I know that that can also hurt you in the long run if you don't get another shot at the lottery, regardless of how slim the percentage chance is, because you're not just one player away from the right away still. You have a couple of really good players, a couple of really good pieces, but there's a lot of holes left. So while you want those players to take steps forward, you need the whole team as a whole to take a step forward in how they play the game. And that's what Derek Lalonde is coming in. That's why I said on Friday's episode that I want these players to come in and the coach to come in as a brand new head coach in the league and grow together. This is this is the perfect time for a first time head coach to come in with a first time, you know, all these young players who have never made the playoffs before, except for what Dylan Larkin in 2016. I mean, these this is a whole new core of young players. And Derek Lalone has a shot at shaping them into what he wants, as well as the players kind of shaping him into a bona fide NHL head coach. So it's just it's going to take time. So I knew when he said that I'm kind of monologuing, rambling here now. Sorry, Scotty. But no, you don't. When. When he said that, I knew he was going to ruffle some feathers because there is a little bit of impatience, and I knew some some people would like want the playoffs now. But it's just such a process. Like if you want sustained success, as you put it, Scotty, like you need it's going to take probably one or two more years. And even I have a little bit of impatience. I want the team to be in the playoffs every year. I watch the playoffs. I'm going. This is what I want Detroit to be again. But unfortunately, it takes a long time in hockey. And I think both Iserman and Lalonde understand that. In fact, that's why Lalonde became the head coach, because they are on the same wavelength. Uh, Lalonde, in the press conference, hammered home about the process. He said it's a little bit of a cliche, but it is a process. Lalonde basically reiterated what Iserman said when Iserman came to town at the the very beginning of the rebuild. He says it's going to take time. And you have to trust that promise. If you trust Iserman, that is the same as trusting that process. And Iserman has not done anything yet to prove to you that he doesn't know what he is doing. Every single step he has made, has either been at at its worst, a net zero move. If you want to like talk about Eric Comrie and Brandon Perlini net zero, 
he hasn't had any net negative moves for this organization. They're all small steps, unless except for like maybe Veron and Fabry. But they're all small steps, but they're all steps in the right direction. And that's how you rebuild a successful franchise in the NHL. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, all right. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You can have access, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from your chain store or car dealership they have everything you need brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet i'm probably going to go to them for some new rotors very shortly because my car looks to shake when i when i try to brake a little scary uh go explore the easy (laughs) to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now and use all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts you your car will ever need rock auto Dot com. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, I kind of kind of went on a little bit of a monologue ramble there. Um, do you have anything more you want to add about the Lalone thing? I was, I'm just no, I, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, like, I, I and I think that's good. Like, everyone, I think, should be excited. So, um, no, I, I think you covered everything. And and I think the biggest thing uh, for me is just it's like almost weird to be like super negative about the hire at the current moment like I, i'm well, uh, time only time will tell like how how it actually works out and, and and what happens from here on out but you know a week into it or whatever I, I think it's weird to be like this is terrible this won't work like you like no one no one knows that so well, that's and, exactly and it he's, he's given you every reason to be excited so far he hasn't said anything that has like raised major red flags and like i said at the beginning of the show like there's we don't know yet because we, he hasn't right. coached. He hasn't been the head coach of a game. So it's too early to snap to conclusions and make early judgments. Obviously, I'm on the side of things that I like to hire because he checks a lot of boxes for me. But I don't know yet if he's going to be a successful head coach because nobody could. You know, right. uh, I remember seeing Prashant say, like, when they hired him, Prashant on Twitter said something along the lines of, like, you know, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I like the hire, but like, I don't have like, I love this or I hate this because we can't like, I like his resume. I like everything he's done at every level. I like the things he says. So I like the hire, but I don't know he's going to work out. No one can. Right. That's exactly. Uh, two other quick things about the introductory press conference. Cause we got to talk about Pavel Datsuk. Um, I thought it was hilarious when they asked Eisman if he had seen, I think it was Wojo actually. Wojo asked him if he had seen um, Unrivaled and Eisman goes, I, to be honest, I haven't seen it. It's been such a flurry preparing for the draft and trying to get a head coach that I have not had an opportunity to do it as my laptop decides to ask me to update while I'm in the middle of recording, which is super sick. Uh, <laughs> remind me tomorrow. Thank you. All right, now we're back. <laughs> that was awesome. I love when it just flat, like, makes you have to stare at that. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was really funny. Wojo goes, what? You haven't seen it? I just kind of chuckles. Just it, it was a little lighthearted moment. That's all. A little anecdote. It was funny. It was cool that Lalone saw it. He was so yeah. excited about it. Well, he talked about how, like, when the, he then he went to coach the next day, and he had a little bit of that, a little bit of that fire in him from watching the documentary. Yeah, I like this guy. He's cool. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Pavel Datsuk. He's retiring from professional hockey. 
which means in like five years, he's eligible for, for the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think without a doubt, he's got to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, a lot of the a lot of the benchmarks he has hit. Uh, he's a two-time Stanley Cup winner. He was a rookie in two, 2002. He won in 2008. A four-time Lady Bing winner, three-time Selkie winner, and a one-time All-Star. Um, his The two major things he did not hit that a lot of Hall of Fame caliber people hit is he did not hit 1,000 games. He only had 953, and he only had 918 career points. But, you know, this is a guy who never crossed the 100-point threshold but flirted with it twice. He had 97 points in back-to-back seasons in 08 and 09, the two years the Red Wings into the Stanley Cup. He had three 30-goal seasons, and, he, you know, he's the magic man. He A lot of really pretty goals, but just like Zetterberg, I mean, he had a lot of assists as well. He was a very good, probably one of the best two-way forwards we've seen, very defensively yeah. responsible. You know, he was, you know, people talk about how Jonathan Taze and Jonathan Bergeron are very defensively responsible forwards, but Datsuk was them before they were them, you know? Datsuk was that guy before those two players came along. So I think despite the fact that his point totals and game totals aren't there, his medals and his trophies, all first battle hall of famer. Absolutely. He's going to be as soon as he becomes eligible. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it's uh, it, it, for me, it wouldn't be like the most surprising thing in the world. If he did, was a second ballot as well, just cause like we just saw what happened and, and everything. But um, you know, I, you know- I would say I would say that he's he's going to be a first bout Hall of Famer. He deserves to be a Hall of Famer, period. But um, no, it's just like my thing with Hall of Fames is it is it is literally a museum about the history of your sport. That's what the Hall of Fame is. It is a a museum highlighting the history about the sport and and what has made it great. And I don't think you can tell the full story of the NHL's history without, without including Pavel Datsuk. Absolutely agree. And, you know, the only reason I say that Pavel Datsuk would be, I, I'm pretty, pretty like 95% confident he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer is because he does have more hardware in the NHL level than Zetterberg does. Obviously, Zetterberg For has sure. the con Smythe, which is way better than the Selkies and the, um, Lady Bings that Datsuk has, but Datsuk has multiple of each of those awards. Um, but also, you know, he's got the, so a couple, he's got international awards too at the Olympics and stuff like that, medals at world championships. So he's got the international stuff as well. Uh, he's only 43 years old. I think I said 49 earlier, but I was just being hyperbolic. But I mean, he's got a, he's got a winter Olympic gold. Someone's already left a comment that said yeah, he's right. not 49. <laughs> he's got an Olympic gold, silver, and bronze. Or, I'm sorry, an Olympic gold and bronze. He's got a world championship gold and silver. He's a member of the triple gold club, just like Henrik Zetterberg is. He's got a bunch of KHL championships under his belt that he earned after he retired from the NHL. Yeah. So he was already past his prime. I don't know, but like those few, he was a few years in the KHL after he had retired from the NHL, where he was still tearing up the Russian league. So, I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of it. There's a step down between the NHL and KHL. Do you think KHL, he goes but... into the Hall of Fame as a Coyote? Hell no. <laughs> what, what are we doing here, Scotty? What are we doing here? Calm down. Calm down. Got me joke. all fired up. Joke. Better have been a joke, joke. or I'm going to come down to whatever state you're in right now, one of those south, southern it was, states. It was funny, man. It was funny. It was a prank. It was a prank. It was a social experiment. Gotcha. I got got. I got got. But yeah, I... I mean, people are talking about Zetterberg and Datsuk getting in the Hall of Fame together, but I think Zetterberg's probably in before Datsuk because, you know, I don't think they're going to wait five years to put Zetterberg in at this point. Yeah, but no, they're, they're both I, I absolutely. 
they're both Hall of Famers without a doubt, especially not after Daniel sure. Alfredson just got it. I mean, Daniel yeah, Alfredson, sure. you know, I don't want to say lowers the bar. I don't want to say that because that sounds very cold. Alfredson had a very successful career, but Zetterberg and Detsuk just had more hardware than the, than Daniel Alfredson did. And Daniel Alfredson sure. got in. So, yeah, I mean, Pavel Datsuk was just, I mean, he was, I would say one of my favorite players, but I think he was one of everyone's favorite players yeah, growing absolutely. up. No, he, he, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, just the two of them together, really, just like the, you know, late round picks that turned into being the front line for a Stanley Cup team. Like, that's a, that's a heck of a, a career. And, um, It'll be it'll be really cool when we get to look back at like the O two and O three teams and be like, oh, you know how everybody talks about how they have like a billion Hall of Famers? Well, they have two more even. Like that'll be cool. Well, and it's like um I think Matt Larkin, uh he used to be a writer for the hockey news. He now work writes for the Daily Face Off, I think, posted an article today of like the top 25 steals in late rounds of the drafts. And Datsuk was number one. Henrik Lundqvist was number two and Henrik Zetterberg was number three. Yeah. I mean, like that's to have Datsuk on top of that list is incredible. And he was, he was a huge steal. I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of like my favorite Datsuk moment. And there's so many to like the shootout goal through. against Chicago, the shootout goal against Dallas on Marty Turk. When they were yeah. in that one, like weird, the logo. Bruins goal. The Bruins goal, yep. He had one in the Winter Classic as well. That was beautiful. Yeah. Unless that's the Chicago one you're talking about. Yeah. Well. Because he had yeah, the one yeah, over Anthony Emmys. Right, yeah. Correct, yeah. <sighs> yeah, he was just a machine when, he, I think it was against the Predators when he was skating on the ice. He made two of their players collide because he deked them. Yeah. Or when he broke Coacher's, was it Coacher's ankles on his birthday on the San Jose Sharks? Was Yes, it, that did happen. It was, I think it was one Coacher or one of those other longtime Sharks. I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, might've been Pavelski, one of those two guys, but just on Pavelski or Kutcher's birthday, whichever it was, he broke their ankles, made them fall over. Cause he was just stick handling in the corner. <laughs> he could, he tripped over himself. Just that has probably the, I don't know if we'll ever see hands quite like that in the, at the NHL level ever again. And there are obviously players in the NHL right now. who have incredible hands, Connor McDavid, for instance, but when it yeah. comes to just like a pure stick handling ability, like McDavid's the best player in the league because he combines all of it together to become Correct. the best. But when it comes to pure stick handling ability, I don't know if there's anyone better than Pavel Datsuk in the league. Correct. Who have ever played? It's just it's incredible. He's up there, absolutely up there. Um, any final thoughts? We ball. We we do ball. I feel like it's been a while since we said that. Yeah, I don't think you've asked me for my final thoughts in a while. because uh, I usually don't care. Uh. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NHL. Lockdown experts give you daily 30-minute podcasts on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on every – on every – it just says every. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Lockdown NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Stay up to date on your every. That's what it said. <laughs> all right. I'll be back home tomorrow, so I'll have – yeah, everything so will I. back to normal. So, uh, yeah, we'll stay tuned for that. We'll do a little bit of a draft preview for you guys. And then, oh, also, we're planning on being at LCA for the draft, uh, for the draft party. So catch us there if you want. If not, you know, have, have a good time. It'll do be whatever fun, you want. yeah. It'll be fun. Everyone you know, can see how much taller than uh, I am than Brian. It's like a solid, like, six <laughs> inches. So... <laughs> 
Or the hair. There's a lot going on. Well, actually. the hair adds a couple of it. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that my whole life. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every, every day. day.